Welcome back to the Prairie Farm Podcast presented by Hoxie Native Seeds. I'm Kent. I'm Nicholas. I was pointing at your hat, actually, but I realized you weren't wearing that oh, hat anymore. I thought you were wanting my name. We are wearing a uh, hat given to us by the incredible John and Nancy Brenneman, who are the <laughs> owners of the Lavender Farm at Sutliff, if I believe I got that correctly. Yep. And yes. today we are joined by the incredible Nancy Brenneman and Abby Bartman. Barton. Barton. Darn it. So sorry. Wait, no I got this. Barton. I'm going to cut those together. I'm going to, I probably won't. Everyone's going to hear this. From, from a guy who's done a lot of editing, I would go ahead and say her full name. But if and, you, and then just cut out that part <laughs> that you screwed it up. It's too late. I'm committed. I'm all the way in. Oh, I have a great story about a time when Nick and I were doing a podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, let's hear it. And, and oh. Nick, Nick painfully. <laughs> it was so bad, guys. It was so bad. He did a good job editing. <laughs> yeah, I, I edited it out. We were interviewing a high-profile guy, and I, he, we knew he really liked a sports team. And it was a sport that I did not care about at all. So I, I didn't warned know Nick. I warned, warned him. But look, I am a salesman. I BS for a living. I figured it'd be fine. But this dude is also a salesman, so <laughs> he knows what's going on. Uh, I called my friend who knows a lot about this sport. I said, hey, tell me what you know about this team that this guy really likes. And he told me a few things. And I tried to connect with the guy about that team. And he looked at me and said, yeah, I, I don't think you got your information right. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. And uh, oh, no. Kent saved my butt. Uh, and then I basically didn't say anything for the rest of the interview. That was, that was it for me. I was I'm out. Kent, oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just beat red. Like, I think that was my it was first ever, like, interview that wasn't like a friend or someone I'd known for a long time too so well we're not gonna was, do that to you yeah, yeah. it was it was, it was it was awesome but Nick I I was listening for it when I when I like had that memory of okay we're getting to that part I was like please tell me he edited this out <laughs> I and did. it was it was smooth as silk I mean yeah he, I edited he got that, that out of there out. that was and and you know that the guy listened to it and knows that I edited it out too which I don't like. I don't even want to think about. <laughs> He's the nicest guy on the planet, yeah, though. So no, he, he is a nice guy. But we have Nancy and Abby, and they run, along with John, they run the Lavender Farm at Sutliff. And I'm really curious, how in the world did you guys connect? Well, it started in May of 2021. Okay. John and I planted. Yep almost an acre of a thousand lavender plugs and we had drilled all the holes with a bulb auger and got down on our hands and knees and you know planted it's a lot it's it, when oh, you're down yeah. on your hands and knees oh, that's a yeah. lot of land yeah <laughs> it doesn't sound like much but it is and then we had to go on a trip we went to florida to deliver a table that john had made and when i came back in early june the, you couldn't see any of the lavender, little lavender plants mm. at all because they were all grown over with weeds. So John and I got out Classic. and weeded for four days nonstop with a hoe. And I knew that 
John couldn't do that, keep that up for the summer. And, and I actually have um, a part-time job and I manage the farm, our farm in Illinois. Mm-hmm. And I knew I couldn't keep that, that up. So I inquired to some of the FFA organizations in the area to try to find sure. an FFA student who wanted to, to learn and um, no takers. So I put an ad for a gardener on indeed.com and I was so thankful that Abby Barton happened to be looking at advertisements in the area on Indeed when I ran my ad. And I'll let her finish the story. Yeah, definitely. That's, I always laugh when I tell people we met on Indeed because that's just such a more, you know, like a professional site. You know, you don't expect to find a gardening position on there, but I, had, I hadn't expected to find a, such a wonderful job position on Indeed like that. But I, I had just moved back to Iowa, um, probably was, had only moved back for like six months, and I was working at a coffee shop, and, and that was a good time, but I am just a diehard outdoors woman. And so I was missing that, like hands in the dirt, working with plants and kind of always had this um, this long passion or like this in the background where I just wanted to work and care for plants outdoors and um, and so I was working for the coffee shop and I was like I really need to find something so I just searched gardener on indeed and <laughs> was looking through some of them and a lot of them were like landscaping jobs and yada sure. yada and um, then I saw Nancy's like very like you know, nicely written you know fields of lavender berries <laughs> like you know and wow, I we, that done, sounds really put together <laughs> good job exactly. description there and it seemed so much more like personal which I was like oh this is a cool connection like I need to I need to talk to this woman here and so we chatted on the phone and I was like already like so sold I was like this seems like a dream place I can't wait to get out there and see what's going on and yeah we had such a nice conversation on the phone and and um, I think I had my it's probably I was just thinking out there this morning I think it's been pretty close to exactly a year today I would say that I started out here I think it was this past week was like my first week last year so so you were um so last year you had started this job, but had you been worked outside before that? Absolutely. So um, my, I guess my background in school, I went to Iowa State University along with John and Nancy, Iowa State <laughs> wow. alums as well. Same yep. class. Yeah, exactly. Same Same class and everything, you know. Um, (laughs) But I uh, went to Iowa State University. I studied animal ecology and forestry. And um, throughout college, took like any kind of camp outdoor job I could. Um, And then I worked for like the Minnesota DNR for a while and um, a nature center. And then I worked for a wilderness therapy company. And so um, kind of each job led me to different positions where I like had my hands doing some sort of like tree planting or trail maintenance and so it kind of just made sense when I saw this job posting. I was like, this is um, something that I'm definitely passionate about. I, I've always freely picked wild berries at jobs and freely done things like, you know, where I love to, to, to garden and to plant. And so it was just an absolutely, like, wonderful opportunity to, like, yeah. see this posting. And so, yeah. 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 That is super cool. And what, what really struck me in the, in the interview with Abby was she said, I want to be a farmer. Hmm. And that's the kind of vision of an employee that that I you know just really clicked I don't think I was looking for that I was you know really hoping to find somebody who was willing to work in Iowa summers that are extremely hot and humid and sunny and um and and have to work hard and uh when you know when I uh learned that you know Abby had sort of a long-term view 
of mm-hmm. getting into farming, I thought, ah, you know, this this could be more than yeah. what yeah. I was thinking a year ago as far as this is my operation hiring some seasonal help. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, we've had a great time working together. And Abby has been such an asset and such a joy to work with that um, John and I have thoroughly enjoyed all the time that she spent with us. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's how you want it to be. And yeah. what, what I think is interesting is I actually kind of have a similar story here with how I ended up with Hoxie. You know, we, we were talking at a previous conversation about how hard it is to get into farming for somebody that is, you know, maybe doesn't grow up living on a farm or or yeah. even if even people that grow up living on a farm, you know, if, if dad keeps working, there might not be enough meat on the bone to support two two full-time, you know, employees of the farm. And you got to be creative in how you can find a spot doing just that. And, and, um, I think it's so cool that you and John were, were willing to give somebody a chance like that. Yeah. 41 acres to some people is not a lot of land, especially 25 acres of timber, Mm -hmm. but 41 acres is too much for the two of us for what we're doing and and it really is fun to work with a younger person um, who's interested in in working hard and learning and taking on responsibility and um, you know really really making this a life a life career Um, and I've done some public speaking to try to encourage landowners to think about mm. what can you do to help bring young people yeah. into farming. And, um, you know, there are so many opportunities with farmsteads that are not being used, with buildings and yeah. small pastures around farmsteads that are not being used as you drive around yep. the countryside in the Midwest. And just taking a few acres and making some capital investments to help a young person get into farming it's rewarding um, it's fun it's energizing um, and it helps our our local communities um, you know to to bring families um, into rural areas where we've lost so many people yeah yeah and i've I've told i i've several friends that are in a similar similar boat hey i want to work outside but I mean, I don't have the $3 million it takes to get into some sort of commercial farming. And I've told many of them, hey, if you buy a house with three acres of a backyard, you can, yeah. you can make $20,000, $30,000 yeah. a year yes. off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to be work. It's yes. going to be out of the box. You're going to have to do some thinking, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I've, a couple of friends have taken me up on it. So, for instance, there's some, uh, there's some wildflower species that take a lot of attention. So we don't have, I mean, there's what, five, six of us working at Hoxie Native Seeds. We don't have, there's only so much attention during the day right. we can give. And, mm-hmm. and so we don't, we're not able to grow those crops well if someone else can do it and they're high dollar, very high dollar crops well, then they've got that opportunity. It's not just wildflowers and native grasses. There are many other uh, opportunities and creative ways of not only making a living, but adding to, you know, the community and society around them where, uh, they can connect with the land and produce something that is of value. And I, I think that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well said. So Abby, has 
has working on a farm been what you thought it would be or has it been uh way more challenging what's what's the learning curve been like oh absolutely i think i think it's been like so i i guess i I really enjoy like that hard work you know nancy like the hot iowa summers you know it's (laughs) i had you know i want to camp out on that point for a second everyone (laughs) always talks about the winter time Give me winter over summer yes, any day. Oh, man. Yes. I, and any I, day. I lived in Dallas, right? Texas is supposed to be really hot. And I lived in Redding, California, where the average temperature is 98 degrees in the summer. But listen, that does not compare to the corn sweat. If you do not yes, live in the Midwest, sweat, you don't people. understand the corn sweats. And it turns into humidity, and then you sweat <laughs> all summer long. There's no relief anywhere. Yes. I'm going to oh, steal man. that. I haven't heard the corn sweats. Like, that's, oh, uh, that's good. It yeah. sweats. Yeah. yeah, the evapotranspiration of our, of our corn in July. That dude's late, a science late teacher. June, late, <laughs> and yep. through July is just yeah. misery, people. Exactly. Misery. But yes, yeah, so oh sorry yeah, to of course, you. yeah. So I I did a lot of you know a lot of my positions and jobs I worked in. I've I've been just living in the Northwoods. You know, I was up mm-hmm. in like way northern Minnesota or northern Wisconsin, and so I think that uh, Iowa humidity that I've been away from for a few years is definitely kind of you know slows things down a little bit and some of the heat. But I think that um, but no, I think it's been there's been a lot of pieces. Like I've had so many like pieces. I've been learning so much from Nancy as I go. She's been an excellent mentor, and I there were some you know some pieces that I just hadn't learned yet. Like I didn't understand sure. like, you know, how to acidify the soil really. And like some of these like uh, aspects of the soil that were different. Cause I didn't take a lot mm. of like, uh, um, not necessarily tons of them, but like a lot of agronomy classes in in college and things like that. Um, but it's been, so it's been really nice to kind of grow with that, those pieces, like mm. understanding like the science behind them more and actually the action it takes to get out there and to, to plant these things and like what they need. And, um, so I think each step it's like, I, Nancy gets all these wonderful different, like we have a variety of different plants out there, which is exciting. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. I, I usually will get a message that's like, I bought some peonies or, you know, like, uh, like, sorry. And I'm, and I'm <laughs> one more thing to plant. Sorry. Yeah. sorry. And I always like chuckle. I like read the message. I chuckle. And, and then, then I, I go home and cry. <laughs> <laughs> this time I was like, Oh, I love peonies. That's great. Let's get, let's get them going. So, but no, it's like an adventure. I think we, we she and I have such a great communication and, and, and I think it's like, uh, um, it's kind of, yeah, it's been like a take action. And, and like you were saying, you have these, you know, friends of yours or these people like are these wildflower species that need a lot of looking after and, you know, 41 acres is a lot. So we, you know, yeah. between the both of us having to look after these species or these, these plants, it's, um, that's also been a piece of it. That's the harder thing that I've like been realizing. Like I put these plants in the ground and we, we put these plants in the ground and, um, and having to be like, oh, I better go check back and see how those peonies are going. It's been, been some time, but Um, so I think it's really been like, you know, I enjoy the aspects of working outside and getting my hands in the dirt, but there's some really fun, like, you know, more science pieces that I, I really love that kind of brings me back Mm to like, you know, like school and teaching again, which is really nice and and I enjoy. I'm sure you've experienced this as well, but there's something, there's something to say about you learn in a classroom. If you spray Roundup on something, it's going to die. But there is something totally different about spraying Roundup on something and going back two days later and it's dead. You know, it, you just learn it differently. You, yep. you experience yeah. it. It hits yep. you differently. You're not just memorizing something. You are. You know it. You know, you know it inside of you. And, yeah. And, I, I was recalling while, while Abby was talking about what she was learning from Nancy and, uh, you know, seeing, 
the concept you learned in class maybe and then be like wow i never thought it would play out like that right or and uh i was i can't remember what i was working on with carol we were fixing i think one of our our drills and uh i said wow that was a smart way to do that and it, all carol said to me was yeah well you know, you're not going to learn that in college. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so true. You know, there's there's the practical side of how mm-hmm. farmers have, and that's how Nancy grew up on a farm, and, and you, you just learn. Yeah, you know that it, once you have that education to go with it, you understand the scientific concept, but the practical application is is bigger than that. Yeah. So much problem solving is kind of the thing. Yeah, like yeah. figuring out, you know, why. And, and I think what's great about it is, you know, studying a plant and trying to figure out what is wrong. Like, you know, what's going on? We have this really fun sandy soil we're working with here, but it's like, what else is going into it? Like, how can we help you out, plant that's struggling? Yeah. So, yeah, so right. I, think that I enjoy the problem solving, and I definitely like will have conversations with Nancy where I'm like, okay, so I'm looking at this plant, and I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with it, and I think that's what I enjoy. I, I really enjoy that problem solving. I think that's yeah. been a good piece of it, too, getting into this field. That's sure. really cool. Because it's not a – it's not – there's no immediate answers. Google doesn't exactly. <laughs> doesn't let you know all those things. So yeah. you know you really yeah, have true. to uh, you really have to go after it and, and start figuring it out yourself. And I, I mean, poor dad did it alone for decades doing uh, just failed crop after failed crop. This is oh this yeah. doesn't work. I guess we'll try it a different yeah. way. And uh, but. I, so where you guys are at right now, where there's just a lot of trial and error, a lot of just yeah. using your mm-hmm. brains. And I, I mean, you both have an education in it, so you're not going in totally blind, but that's hard. Would you, what, what are some of the lower moments you guys have experienced on, on the farm? Well, Abby, one of the first things Abby helped me with, I had, uh, three trays of plugs. So, so I had, um, almost two to 300 lavender plants that mm. we were overflow. <laughs> I was a little too ambitious in my <laughs> ordering last year. And so here we were in late June, early July, and I still had these little baby lavender plants in the greenhouse. And we got out in the area, what we call it's under the power lines. And mm-hmm. we, we uh, John had actually sprayed Roundup and we got the bull bogger out and planted I'd say close to 300 we had three rows of, of lavender plants and it was another of our hot dry mm-hmm. summers I mean humid but no rain and mm-hmm. um, we would water and we had moles or gophers or both eat the roots mm-hmm. of almost oh. all but 40 of these lavender plants they wanted either the minerals that are in the potting soil or they wanted the moisture for mm-hmm. survival for themselves. But we had one whole row, it was the row that a- Abby planted. <laughs> it was um, heartbreaking. <laughs> it, they, uh, all of the lavender plants were killed by oh. moles or gophers, except one. One plant. We named him Irving. Oh. <laughs> just a single little, he just stayed this tiny, like, five-inch little lavender the whole time. And so it just survived. But, uh, and, he, and, and it did survive. But, you know, and there was, like, 40 more in the other, other two rows. Um, and it was so frustrating because I just have no expertise in, in how to control uh, rodents. Mm. And uh, we found a really great trapper 
oh, who's nice. a professional trapper, Dave. And um, we pay him an annual fee, and mm-hmm. he comes out and sets traps for us. And he taught Abby how to set vole traps to oh, trap voles in the wintertime. And, um, and, and that, you know, I, I really want to try to live with wildlife and yeah. work with them as much as I can. But um, there's a lot of other space <laughs> you <Yeah>. can live. <laughs> and and, and, and wildlife, our... <laughs> wildlife has to be managed too, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. yeah. So um, that was one of the low points for me. I don't know, Abby, do you? Yeah, I think uh, once she mentioned greenhouse, I was like, ooh, a greenhouse. And so this, uh, the greenhouse was in a more protected area last like summer and like this past, like this whole year, a past year um, from the wind. It was in this nice little corner near their machine shed. And um, this year we like, you know, like put some gravel and like set this whole new area out for it to be moved. And so mm. it was actually going to be near our newer um, berry patch that we had set it up, set up. And so... John and I get out there, we move it, we set it back up. We, we thought we got it into the ground well. Like we, you know, had like, I can't remember what we used the first time around to get it to get, to get, it to be um, like staked down, but apparently it wasn't enough. And so I'm out there planting some berries. I hear this ruffle in the wind and it's like, you know, those great 60 mile per hour winds we experienced this spring and it just took it and it moved it completely at like a, like in 180. And, um, and at that time we were able to recover it. So we did it again. We instead installed, we, we used rebar. We, um, were like, you know, put some rebar and had this completely staked down greenhouse. And once again, I'm out there and, um, it just, it was blowing so bad that I even stood to hold this greenhouse to like, to hold it steady. And it just Thank bent. <laughs> I, know. Oh. I know. I like actually the funniest moment is I'm holding this greenhouse like this, John, thankfully he's always around when something's going like, like wrong. And I look around like always like something will happen. I turn and I just look at him and I'm like, John. And he's like, yeah, I got you. And so I'm standing there holding this greenhouse. That's truly crumbling under my hands. Not oh. It's bending. Oh, no. The frame is bending against my hands. I'm in a crouched position. John goes, I'm going to go get, I'm going to go get something. If you got to let it go, just let it go. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, and so I've not I, heard this story. <laughs> yeah, this, this is, is the detailed story, Nancy. <laughs> and so I uh, was standing there. We like look at it and it was one of those moments where I think we talked to Nancy about it too. We were like, okay, Unfortunately, we have to give up on the greenhouse. And that was kind of a bummer we had. Actually, when you guys were walking um, around the tour with us today, or like with Nancy today, it's like a lot of those seeds would have been started as little plugs and been like we would have been transplanting them into that area under the power lines. And Mm. so we're getting a different kind of, you know, with this like really, you know, um, lean towards perennials, like the focus for me and for us this spring was like planting these perennials. And so Mm. these seed, like, you know, these seeds that we had available without a greenhouse, like they just didn't get any attention. And so we're kind of, you know, kind of out there planting them right now, hoping for the best, but it's one of those things that I, I I think and wonder like, man, you know, what if we did have that time and it was just a busy time too. So even if we did have the time, I almost Mm -hmm. wonder, would we still be able to have done it without the greenhouse or with the greenhouse, excuse me. But, um, but yeah, it was, it at least led to a funny story and we still were able to plant a lot of really fun perennial plants and there was always a plant around a plant. So (laughs) it was, it was exciting. So you didn't blow away in the wind with the greenhouse? (laughs) I did. And I'm still here today, but (laughs) incredible. It's crazy because you guys are planting something right now and just like 
hoping for the best, yeah. mm-hmm. which is what people did 200 years ago, but they were doing it for their food. They were yeah. just like yeah. hoping for the best and hope it worked and hope there were no moles and, you know, hope wind didn't blow over their corn and, and all sorts of stuff. But, uh, you know, the, I almost the mental fortitude to do that for a living in today's age when comfort is readily available to have, to be able to have a comfortable job where, where everything is laid out in front of you is so easy <laughs> for fun. You guys are like, nah, I want to not know my future. I want to yeah. be uncertain about everything. Live that I'm on doing the edge. Today. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. but there, there's just something about caring for a living mm-hmm. plant or animal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there, you know, they're, there's just such a reward, and I, I just happen to love plants, and so that's that's my focus. I love sheep too, but um, <laughs> we don't have the fencing for sheep yeah. or goats. <laughs> we could sure use them, but yeah. uh, but y- you know it's it's just so much fun to watch plants grow and mm-hmm. to be a part of that process to yeah. provide the water and the nutrients and understand the soils and understand what the soils need to provide mm. the best growing environment for plants. To me, it's, it's a dream. It's a dream come mm. true. Well, and there's a legacy there too. You know, you, you've ta- yeah. talked before about using farming with perennials, you know, that cuts down on that input cost and yes. takes it more to a maintenance type of uh, crop. There's a legacy there, you know, or hardwoods, you know. That, yes, yeah. Uh, the farm that I live on, it, the my that was it's been in my family for almost a hundred years, and all the trees around there were planted by my great grandmother, who I never met. You know, she yeah. passed away before I was born, and uh, the lilac bushes that have been there since before my grandfather was born, and and maybe even since before the the house that sits there now was built, you know. And the same with the peonies out front. There's a legacy there behind these plants yeah. that you can't even really, I mean, yeah, you can have, you know, that, that genetic line through livestock or something like that. But, but uh, with plants, you can have that longevity that, yes. that you yes. know, I love that quote, it, you know, the, about planting a tree in whose in, in whose shade you'll never sit, you know, that's yeah. that, that, mm-hmm. that definition of giving back to the land that yeah. long survives our time here. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's the gentleman's name that, uh, he coined the phrase, uh, it's not ours, just our turn. Oh, Doug Duran. Doug yeah. Duran. Thank yep. you. Yeah. And that, oh, that said so really well, mm-hmm. it's not yeah. ours, just our turn. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, I don't know. Little sometimes I feel little. We feel a little entitled about yeah. what what we get to do to land and and things like that. And but uh, uh, at Hoxie Native Seeds for a while, our uh, our slogan was uh, "We don't just subdue, we conserve." Mm. Um, because there is something about working ground, and and I don't think farming is just bad. You know, we shouldn't yeah. just like quit farming or anything. But there is something beautiful about doing it in tune with with the earth and uh at the same time preserving a little bit of what used to be you know yes mm-hmm. doesn't yeah yeah right keep yeah, something bringing it, bring it back yeah. yeah abby i was going to ask you a question along these lines if this had been a job that was more of a a and i heard somebody uh dr grant wood wood or woods wood i think was a famous painter american mm-hmm. gothic yeah. right yeah. yeah but grant woods down in uh i think he's in the ozarks it, 
and he had said, I don't like to call it traditional farming because it's not traditional farming. Conventional farming would be, you know, what we see every direction around us, right, when, we, when we're looking at the Iowa landscape. If this had been a conventional farming type of job, would you have been as interested? Um, probably not, actually. I think what really drew me to this position was, um, like, when Nancy was speaking about how much she loves caring for, like, for plants. And I think the diversity of the plants out here was, like, such a draw for me. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I love the... I mean, not that there can't be diversity in that sense in, in conventional farming, but there, but I really enjoyed that. Like it seemed that like when I, especially when I walked out onto this property, like I love that they were restoring native prairie and like there was timber in the cor- in corners and that like hmm. I could take a walk and I could be into a whole different kind of habitat. And I thought that that was really valuable and, you know, I could find that in another farm system, but I think that what really drew me to it was I was already interested in horticulture and like really enjoyed herbs and I really enjoyed, um, I have an, uh, like obsession with house plants. So I, I started inside with my, <laughs> my caretaking of plants at least. And so, um, I think when I, what really drew me to it was that I had these like little pieces of my life that really, um, connected with Nancy's, like what she wanted to grow here. Like I had a story for why I really liked berries that I could share and like about certain berries she was growing. And I think that's really was the draw for me. And I think in a way, like I, I really love to work outside on with my hands and I could see, like still see like working on a conventional farm being, you know, some sort of being like, you know, a, a level of growth for me. Sure. I feel like I'd have yeah. a lot of growing to do, but I wouldn't really have much of my own, um, I think there wouldn't be, have been much of my own like personal like um, background that I could pull into it as much mm. as with conventional mm. farming. But yeah. Yeah. absolutely, yeah. And uh, Nancy, you provided the right opportunity. You had the vision to, yes. to have yeah. to have all the uh, diversity of species and and uh, all those things that that Abby said attracted her to this job. Well, and I think another another area where it's a really good fit uh, for Abby working for us is as she mentioned her her educational background and most Mm. of her work experience has been in forestry and we have 25 acres of timber and there's a lot of work to be done in timbers you do not just let a timber go go. (laughs) Uh, we uh, walking around today we saw a timber that we just haven't had time to spend time on Mm -hmm. and um, Abby's you know, Abby knows trees and timber areas. And mm-hmm. so in the wintertime, this past winter, as um, she was working for us, we have two battery-operated chainsaws, and we are working on eradicating black locusts out of our mm-hmm. hardwood stands. That and, stuff's hard, to, um, hard to totally eradicate. It's hard to get mm-hmm. rid of. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. But it really helps to cut them down. (laughs) (laughs) And they cut them down and use them for a purpose. Like, you know, they, we, we cut them down and we chip them and we use them as our mulch for our berries and our shrubs. And so they kind of get another, a whole nother life working with us, which is good. And we, we have a pile of some good sized young black locusts that, you know, might be four to six inch diameter that we can use for fence posts. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It doesn't rot. It's a green great wood for fence posts so we've got those piled up uh, ready to use but uh, and Abby started making some trails um, I love to go for walks on our property mm. and walk in the woods when you get 
past the thicket of, of black locusts <laughs> to get into the woods, um, we have a stand of shagbark hickories. And oh, I tell you, there beautiful is stand. nothing more charming or, I mean, it just they just make me laugh almost. They are, I don't know, shagbark hickories are just a gorgeous tree. Yeah. We have like and an excellent picture of you by a yeah. shag bark hickory. It's a great so, one. Happiest Nancy ever. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, you know, it's just fun to get into the timber and I'm learning to identify trees in the winter with the, by the bark. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's fun to see the trees that are out there and it's kind of like visiting friends yeah. <laughs> when you yeah, go for the yeah. walk in the same timber. What do you, what do you do to make a trail do you just cut the trees out and the ground kind of packs itself in as you're walking on it or yeah so it's i mean it's a lot of a lot of i mean you can even just simply use some hand tools too you know and um like some pruning you know, pruners and all sorts of things um it does it depends on the area like when i was working in um colorado i was using i was working on a trail crew there for americorps and we were using quite different tools you know more of like a pickaxe or a mcleod which kind of has that blunt end and the rake mm. and um, these areas, you know, you don't need a ton of work on the ground level once you kind of clear out those really young trees. And mm-hmm. um, thankfully, when I was starting, there wasn't too many larger trees that I was really cutting down. Actually, before we started talking about chainsawing, I was out there with like a hand. Uh, I, was, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was using like more of a handsaw. And Nancy was like, oh, we got to like, we can get you on the chainsaw. And I was like, my oh, eyes were like man. big. I was like, really great because I miss it. I love using a chainsaw. So, yeah, yeah honestly, like that. It's such a wonderful opportunity getting to work into in their timber and it like brings me joy being like surrounded by the the forest and the woods um and so i think that that's it's fun and exciting for the to you know they said they have a lot of work to do in there and it's a great like a great part of the job absolutely to take care of that i've worked with trees before and i I didn't mind it but one time it was in the (laughs) summer i was working for my uncle and he has a pretty big property it was in high school and a big old storm had come through and I was like, well, I guess I'm moving all these huge bows, like huge, you know, 12 inches around kind oh, of thing. Man. And he has every tool imaginable. So I went in and I found this handsaw. And for like three days, he was gone for the weekend for like three days. I just cut these things with a handsaw. And then he got back and he's like, why didn't you just use the chainsaw? And the, it, I left it in the front entryway for you. And so that killed me ever wanting to do anything with cutting any trees or glutton for punishment. Yeah. When when we bought our house, my wife and I, my first purchase was a, was a skill saw or not a skill saw, a hack saw. So I could just cut down branches right away. I was, I was bitter. Yeah. I, I am wondering, Nancy, would you have, would you, would any of this be happening if you hadn't found Abby or someone similar to Abby? No, and it wouldn't, I don't think it would have happened at this pace at all, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, this way, having a full-time employee um, who's really dedicated and, um, you know, I've been able to expand my vision for, and and really to try to figure out how to make this a full-time, worthwhile career for Abby that, I can enjoy, but you know, I'm retirement age and you know, someday I'll be fully retired and Mm -hmm. you know, and um, yeah. And it's, it's just so much fun to experiment with different plants and, and try some really unique things like hardy kiwi and we found hardy fig and I love bayberry and I found Mm. bayberry 
shrubs. And um, you don't find bayberry candles much anymore mm. these days. And, and we hope to be able to harvest bayberry berries and get the wax, the ar aromatic wax, and, and, you know, like make bayberry candles. So, you know, it's really having Abby around has really helped open up a lot of dreams, um, like iris. I, we planted... We planted what two or three hundred iris oh, out yeah, there. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, and Between I've got Dutch and yeah, eighty nine more coming <laughs> in the fall. But um, I love iris, and I would never have dived into that many wow. iris. But um, and really and cool. Abby's been. Um, we were able to hire a summer intern through Kirkwood Community College, and Abby has been supervising Madeline for her internship and training her and mm -hmm. Madeline has made great contributions this year to helping That's with the weeding awesome, and the yeah. watering so it was um, really cool to see someone her age jumping in and just being like yeah I'll work really hard in yeah, the heat of yeah. these corn sweaty Absolutely. summers yes <laughs> I know yeah she takes she takes such initiative I was so impressed I was like okay like she's grabbing things that I am like I'm always you know looking for the next task and she's like oh don't forget we got to grab this and I'm like yeah Madeline like thank you for remembering to help me like grab Man. the shovel like I'm I'm thinking about the next berries or whatever it is and so yeah, yeah shout she, out to Madeline yeah, yeah shout out to Madeline she's great <laughs> hard worker yeah so so you guys have a really cool relationship going on but and then for nancy you're part of pfi practical farmers of iowa yes and even though abby you weren't part of pfi well i am now yeah, you are now yeah, but yep, yep, yep. when you were remember, when you yeah. were originally applying i was not to, yeah but you were like exactly who what pfi was trying to target <laughs> help with right someone who wants to work outside and i guess you maybe didn't have exactly in your mind that you wanted to farm uh, but, uh, yeah, Nancy, could you, what, you're a part of PFI. Could you explain it a little bit? PFI is an amazing community across the Midwest. Mm. It's centered here in Iowa. Their headquarters are in Ames. It's a nonprofit, and, but, but they reach into all of the surrounding states. I've gotten involved they've provided a cover crop program for me on the farm in illinois Whoa, uh, nice. for legumes going into um, small grains or right after small grains but um it's it's a great complement to the extension service mm. uh, i actually worked for iowa state university extension and i go to a lot of extension meetings and practical farmers of iowa educational programs are different they're more of we're going to hear about what one particular farmer is doing on his or her farm and mm -hmm. like we were at a, um, a field day uh, last week learning more about honeyberries and hardy kiwi oh, very cool and mm -hmm. it was so it was not research-based um, education but we learned a lot of and got a lot of great ideas about how to shake a berry bush with <laughs> using a sawzall with something that looks kind of like a pitchfork very cool that's run by I mean and um, so and then we went to the annual conference in Ames it was what, two and a half days or so in, yep. in Ames and in the winter time and lots and lots of opportunities for going to different speakers and 
again, there was, it was a lot of sharing. This is what I do on my farm. Mm -hmm. They do do, PFI does uh, organize uh, quite a, a lot of field research and publishes field research. Um, but I enjoy hearing the stories and, and the problem solving that is a part of the stories of, wow. I faced this problem, so this is our solution, or like the berry farm we were at uh, near Newhall, Iowa last week, uh, he'd raised a lot of the berries that we're raising and he's torn them out. Like mm. he raised currants and I forget what else. It was uh, goji's. We told him oh, we, were, we were proudly yeah. saying we raised goji's and he's like, oh, I just tore those out. And we're like, oh. Yeah, he completely <laughs> uprooted them and got rid of them. Wow. And so it was sort of like, Learning. oh, well, something in the back of my mind mm -hmm. that to remember like what down the road didn't he like? I, Cause I, we love the goji's. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, um, and so, so, but it's, it's fun, like we went out to dinner at the annual conference, uh, the PFI annual conference, with two men, uh, three men, who were putting on their overcoats, and we realized they were from Nebraska, so as Iowans, we always got to kid the Nebraskans, right? Yeah, right. And we got to talking with them, and they said, you know, where's a good place to go to dinner? And we said, of course, Hickory Park, and follow us, and, and you know, we'll, let's, we'll just all meet up at Hickory Park, and... They turned out to be organic crop farmers. So these are men that had at least 2,000 acres of organic corn, wow. soybeans, and wheat. And I, you know, I raise corn and soybeans on my farm in Illinois and wheat. And, um, you know, the, the, the thought of trying to raise those crops organically just is like, has always blown Daunting. me away that I have yeah. never even thought about it. And 2,000 acres. Yes. That is yeah. wild. It so, so it was, it was yeah. so fun. And so it's a chance to just, I think, meet other people kind of like us who think out of the box, who think creatively, who are looking for mm. solutions. Yep. Um, mm. and, and these were large-scale farmers, but there are a lot of small-scale horticulture producers that are in PFI. And of course, yeah. that's what we're doing. And so it's really a great way to um, make friends, ask questions, get help, uh, and learn. And they have a tremendous staff, too. So it sounds yeah. like what you're saying is if anyone listening to this is interested in starting any kind of farm at all, and you might be unexperienced or don't have the resources or don't even know where to start, they should be reaching out to PFI. Yes, absolutely. And, and we went to another event that was for like beginning farmers and they like oh, broke, they, cool. they broke people, you know, they broke you up by your experience level. So, so like the first one, you, maybe you were just interested in farming and you didn't even have land yet or any property and they, you know, that you would take sessions with them based on that. And it was very, you know, specific and, and very opening, like, you know, very open and wonderful people who are there in those, at those conferences. And, but they would break you up between like, you know, um, like interested in farming, you're a beginning farmer from like one to five years, maybe you're a landowner or, you know, all these different pieces. And, um, and it was just like fascinating and you got to meet such, you know, wonderful people who are seeking to understand what you're doing. You know, mm -hmm. what, what are you doing as a farmer or what would you like to do as a farmer? And I definitely met some other young farmers there too, which Man, was really fun. Yeah, that yeah. is so, I, I was telling Kent on the way over here, it feels like young farmers that that are interested in it, but then also kind of not doing corn and beans. But even if they are doing it, just any young farmers, 
kind of got to band together because <laughs> there's not a bunch of us out there. So right, yeah, yeah, that's a good way yeah. to say it. And there are a lot of established farmers that, uh, like the three gentlemen we went to dinner with, are they were in their late 60s, early mm-hmm. 70s. And, um, you know, there's a lot of farmers have been doing this for 30 years. And, you know, it's, it's just fun to learn for somebody who's been, you know, growing berries or growing yeah. something organically for 30 years is, yeah, yeah you know, just my, my ears are open. <laughs> I got my notebook. Just tell me everything, you know, yeah. brain dump, please. <laughs> I'm right, here to right. learn. <laughs> it is cool to listen to the generals of anything yes. really but particularly yeah. farming but someone who has had so much experience in one thing and are highly respected as one of the best or one of the few that have been able to succeed in in what they're doing I, that it's their brains are so interesting to pick yeah. Yeah. Um, and part of the reason we started this podcast is we we're hoping to sit across the table from some of those people and pick their brain <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. well you know i'm really excited that nicholas that you're interested in Practical Farmers of Iowa because I think there are many of the people that I've met in PFI are very concerned and very interested in conservation, Mm. wildlife and and natural resource conservation. And this is where the native prairie seed comes in. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, you know, to learn how to grow it. I mean, there's, there's a lot yeah. You know, it, it was intimidating to John and me when we started, and you provided a lot of the advice on Aww. how do you seed it, you know, how do you take care of it, and what do you expect the first year and the second year and the third year, and, um, you know, you know it's, uh, it, you're, you're going to be a great fit for joining and, you know, being a part of Practical Farmers of Iowa because, I and there'll be it. a lot of people that are interested in, oh, yeah. Yeah. in uh, Native yeah. Prairie. I think Man. it's a pretty big topic in a lot of these like, yeah. conferences is yeah. talking about Native Prairie or pollinators. And so mm. it could wow. be, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, we are excited. We've <laughs> talked to some people there and we, we are pretty excited. Yeah. To be, if, if you guys haven't checked out PFI, check it out. It's really cool. I think pfi.com or or it's practical farmers, practical farmers. Uh, dot org dot org yeah i think it's that's what it is well it wasn't but even close just google practical farmers of iowa and and you'll find it man and uh we do have to start closing up but uh we i follow and the hoxie native seeds account follows uh the lavender farm at sutliff on instagram and facebook and Abby, is that mostly you doing that? Um, yeah. I You're would real say good it, at it. Yeah. It's, it's, I really enjoy the posts. I don't, I don't like them because I'm like, oh, there's another company <laughs> that we work with. It's, uh, it's because you have great posts. So if you guys want to know what they're up to or know when they're going to have you pick days or know what, uh, yeah, what's available on their farm and when it's available or just see the really cool stuff that they have growing here. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the you. Lavender yeah, Farm you. at Sutliff. And then it, if someone wanted to reach out to you guys and, and for any reason at all, how would they do it? I feel like um, I feel like I, I'm i pretty quick on the Instagram messenger sometimes. That's a great way. Um, what about you, Nancy? What do you feel is best for Facebook, you? Facebook messenger sure. too. Yeah. Cool. And uh, I am working on the website. We're getting there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> She's working hard on it. Good learning curve on, on uh, software, on websites. And, um, and then we'll have an email address too, but 
Awesome. Yeah. Getting well, close. We really appreciate having you all today. And uh, we are hoping to do it again in the not Terrific. too distant future because you guys have been so amazing. Right. Thank you. Yeah, thank we've you had so, so much. much fun. Yeah. yeah. All right, Nancy, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. well, thank you very much, guys. That was that was great. It's good to it's good to learn about another farm that's finding in you know a creative way. It's kind of been our yeah. word of the day today. Creative way to make it happen. Make make more with less. Right. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. is so true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and thank you for listening today. We really appreciate it. This has been the Prairie Farm, and I cannot forget this. I, I almost forgot. We are doing a campaign right now. We are trying within a year by June 1st, 2023, we are trying to be in 10,000 backyards with Backyard Prairie. Whether you have 100 square feet or half an acre or four acres, we're wanting to hit 10,000 backyards. And you might be wondering why. It's because we believe that butterfly trails can be brought back. They're almost Mm -hmm. extinct. And we think that the bees that are basically getting wiped out and the butterflies that don't want to travel through Iowa anymore, they can be brought back. It is not too late. And our part is we are trying to get our backyard pollinator in 10,000 backyards do it, people. within a year. So done. you can check it out on the Yeah. The We are the Prairie farm. We are presented by Hoxie native seeds and do not forget conservation happens one yard at a time here. You next time.